0: This is the Hacker Valley Studio podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology.
1: Look, we all know from experience, compliance sucks, but what if I told you that there is a better way? our good friends at BiteCheck developed the first-ever managed service for SOC 2. Leverage the innovative bycheck platform and a combined experience of over 30 years from the BiCheck team to complete your SOC 2 examination faster without the headache. The BiCheck team works as an extension of your team to prepare evidence, draft SOC 2 report sections, and provide all the necessary artifacts to your team to then provide to auditors. Reach out to the ByteCheck team by dropping down into the show notes and visiting bycheck.com. Welcome back to the Hacker Valley Studio podcast. In this episode, we have Gabriella Ariza. She is a cybersecurity practitioner, influencer, and wealth builder. We talk about her incredible story and just how she got into social media influencing. Without further ado, let's jump right into the episode. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show.
2: Glad to be back again. It's always a pleasure being in the studio, speaking with amazing guests. And this episode, we have Gabriela Ariza, cybersecurity lead for Society of Actuaries, Gabriella, when I first saw your videos on CNBC, I was blown away by your transparency and love for technology and cybersecurity. Wanted to say thank you for jumping on the mics with us and welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Gabby, I had the pleasure of being on a live stream with you, Uh, but for the folks that don't know who you are just yet, would love to hear a little bit about your background and what you're doing today.
0: Yeah, so like you guys said, my name is Gabriella, and I currently work in cybersecurity. Uh, my background was actually in web development, and then I decided to transition after my master's program to go into cybersecurity. I decided to transition because I saw that cybersecurity needed a lot of uh, more people in the field, and I felt like it was a great way for me to give back and help through the way that I love the most, which is technology.
1: And how would you say you got into technology? Was that something that you started with as a kid, or is that later on in life that you get involved?
0: I actually started as a kid. My dad was a small business owner, and he really believed that technology was the way of the future, and so he put me in some summer camps um, at the local universities, and just being able to learn how to build websites. And at first, it was just a hobby. I just found it really fun to dabble in development and just build my own sites. And that was kind of my side gig growing up and a way of me making money. And then when it came to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And my mom told me, she's like, why don't you do what you love, which is web development? So... I decided to pursue it, and I didn't realize um, just all the opportunities that I had going into technology, and I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity as a kid.
1: So I'd love to hear a, a story of magic when you were a kid, whether you were developing your first website Or that first interaction with technology that just blew your mind. Tell us that story where it was the pivot point of your interest in technology and cybersecurity. Uh, We'd love to hear that story.
0: (laughs) So I find it a little funny because at the time, uh, Neopets was really popular. And you could (laughs) kind of like, (laughs) you could build your pages and you could add HTML code to it. So from the summer camps, I started to play in there and just play with the HTML. And then from there, I saw that people were creating websites specific for Neopets to be able to add like dividers or backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. So that's when I created my first website, which was called Tropical Splash. And it just had like all these things for Neopets. And I created a ton of animations and I built themes. And that's when I really discovered my passion. And just found it really enjoyable that I could put things together and just show it off to the world.
2: You're really taking me back. I often reflect about my first exposure with programming. I completely forgot it was Neopets. I think it was the same for me. By the time MySpace came out, you know, MySpace would allow you to put HTML and a little bit of JavaScript in your MySpace page. All that experience from Neopets really helped me out a lot. (laughs) So what about cybersecurity? You know, you were into web programming. You're probably still into that today. What was that aha moment for you for cybersecurity and how did you land in it?
0: So I actually didn't discover it until I was in my master's program. I had taken a class. It was the unintended consequences of technology. And the professor really woke me up to the situation that's going on right now, which is people causing destruction to you know other countries or other corporations through cybersecurity, being able to hack into systems or bring systems down that are very critical. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, I didn't realize that my passion for technology could transfer over into protecting people and helping other people. So my master's was in information systems. And then that actually helped me transition from web development into cybersecurity.
1: So one thing that I find fascinating is that there's so many parallels between what happened in my life and what happened in your life. I have a pretty famous post that went out on LinkedIn, and that really set the tone for the podcast that set the tone for my career, but you had a similar experience being featured on a very special segment that got 2.2 million views. And you used that momentum to create your own personal brand, build platforms for other people to engage with you. Could you tell us a little bit about that story? How, how did that occur? And then how does that showing up in your work today?
0: So I had the opportunity to go on CNBC to kind of talk about my finances and my career. And the way it happened was I just reached out to them and I told them, I'm like, I haven't seen anybody who's a homeowner yet in this series. And I would really like to speak up because I see there's a lot of problems where people think that millennials can't do anything or they're not capable. And I definitely want to be that difference. And I want to show that we are doing amazing things and we're making an impact to society. So they gave me the platform to be able to speak. And from there, everything just kind of grew. My, my brand just grew because I had a lot of people reach out, especially women and minorities, just saying, hey, I I don't know anybody in cybersecurity or I don't know a lot of people in technology and I really wanna go into this career. What are the steps that I need to take to be able to go in there? So my platforms are really building that cybersecurity information and just talking with the community and be able to share resources and tools to get more people into this field because I think it's really important for that.
2: That, that's excellent. And I couldn't agree more with just being available, being a voice for the people that want to break into the field and really achieve the level of success that you were able to experience yourself. One of the things that I realize as a cybersecurity practitioner is the relationship with money. You know, we're in a field where individuals have an opportunity to make a good salary, to save a, quite a bit, but a lot of us don't necessarily take the opportunity to really think about saving, to think about our future. What are some of the things that you like to keep in mind when working in the cybersecurity field and not getting lost in just spending your salary on materialistic things? What is what is your mindset for earning and saving?
0: I think it's really important to have set goals in place. I know that I wanted to retire by a certain age or i wanted to have more financial freedom to be able to enjoy more things that i find interesting which is like traveling or be being able to try different foods and and all that kind of stuff so i always say have a focus the way that you have a focus in your career if you're going through cybersecurity and you love it and you know where you want to grow in that career i also encourage doing the same with money really understand where you want to go who you want to help, what kind of impact you want to do with your money, and just focus on that and never get lost when you keep seeing those paychecks just grow and grow. Like, Make sure that you always keep focus.
1: That's incredible that we just got onto a money topic because we just had a clubhouse discussion where we talked about one of our favorite books, The Millionaire Next Door. And we talked about building wealth, building value in your life. And one thing, if anyone's been following you for any amount of time, especially on Instagram, they'll know that you took your home from where it was and you built it into something even more valuable, the the way you reconstructed the living room, the kitchen. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and that story of building wealth into your home.
0: Yeah, so I'm really big into investing in real estate. My parents were very successful in real estate, and I was lucky to grow up and see those effects and just realize that that was a great avenue to maintain your wealth, because it was definitely not just salary um, that allows you to maintain wealth. So at first, I decided to buy my first property. It was a single-family home, and I actually invested into it, and I split it into two separate units. So I lived in one, and then I rented the other one. Well, I had the opportunity to actually rent the entire house, and so it was a little bit last minute because I'm like, "Oh, where where am I going to move? I'm not sure what to do." So I decided to look in the city of Chicago and decided to purchase this property. It was a very <laughs> disgusting property. It was falling apart. Uh, it had. Old wallpaper, disgusting carpet, everything. But I saw the potential in it. And I think it's really important when you're investing, you have to see the potential in something and the money it can generate later on. So I decided to create a budget for remodeling and I stuck with it. I did a lot of the work myself. It just looks completely different now. And so I plan on living there for two years. And then after that, I'll either sell it or I'll rent it out.
1: Mm. It also sounds like your parents were a tremendous influence on your life. Uh, how, how is that relationship with your, your parents? Did you take a lot from them? How do they feel that you're so financially independent and you're doing all these things similar as they did in the past? Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
0: So a lot of things happened in my childhood We did go through financial struggle after being so successful. And I think it was so important for me to have both aspects because you really appreciate what you did have. You also appreciate the way you have to work and earn to have something amazing. So I didn't even realize that those were lessons when I was growing up. I just thought, Oh, this is how everybody lives. Like I was so stuck in my bubble of just working on websites and just playing on the computer that I didn't realize that there was all this other information on the other side until I hit the real world. And I started to look at my childhood and I'm like, well, how did my parents do it? I just kind of take the initiative. And sometimes it's really intimidating to buy a property or to start investing. But I feel like when you're younger, you definitely take that leap of faith. And I always encourage that. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just go for it and see where it takes you.
2: Sounds like you're very introspective in some ways. You're able to kind of go back into an experience and revisit that and take learnings from it. And one of the things that you alluded to is also being able to take those learnings and provide those to people that reach out to you. What are some of the things that you do to stay motivated to make sure that you're doing that community service and reaching out to the people that need the help and that want to learn from your experience?
0: I think the best way to look at it for myself is I had a wake up call where I realized that I had a lot of opportunities that a lot of people may not have. My parents were well financially uh, for quite a while, which allowed me to be able to take private tutoring lessons, to build websites and be able to go to these summer camps. And you need the resources. You need the time and the money to be able to send your kids to these programs and be able to uh, try different things. I think that's my motivation. I want to be able to provide those opportunities for so many more people because you never realize if they're going to have a passion in cybersecurity or technology in general until you provide that access to them. So. That is my motivation, which is why I decided to launch a nonprofit in Haiti to be able to create a tech center and be able to provide 15 to 19-year-olds that access that I had as a child and be able to expose them to technology and see if that's going to be their passion. You know, it's the way of the future. So I think that keeps me motivated to just provide that access to the future generation that's going to bring in more innovation.
1: That's incredible that you you built a nonprofit. It's incredible that you've made this transition from web developer to security. You, you're you building uh, wealth for yourself and, and property. There's a lot of intention that goes into that. You know, we talked about introspection, but intention is where you kind of put that introspection to work what do you think your your superpower is? What is it that you do so well that you find others might struggle at doing? What is, what is that superpower
0: for you, Gabby? I think my superpower would be just being highly motivated. I mean, I even recognize that my motivation may be even higher than <laughs> the normal person. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's something that's really important because If I wasn't this motivated, I wouldn't do half the things that I've already accomplished. So I think that's something big. And I talk with a lot of people who don't feel satisfied or they don't know what to do. They keep getting rejections or more problems in their life. And I tell them, you know, you have to be motivated.
1: And where you're hoping your motivation is going to take you in the future.
0: So I think my motivation has kind of fluctuated, especially with the whole COVID situation. But like I've said before, never forget what your goals are. That's kind of what keeps me motivated and trying to expand, especially in the future. I know what I want to do, which is a lot of things. Just having those goals keeps me going.
2: I could definitely relate to motivation being a superpower, For us, uh, Chris and myself, we do the podcast outside of our normal day-to-day job, and to us, it might not seem as we are motivated, but others tell us, hey, I wish I could get a piece of your motivation. But I think superpowers often have utilities or is something that a superhero has that helps them with their superpower. And my utility is great software and great collaboration. Me and Chris, we collaborate all the time. And that really helps me stay motivated. You were describing your goals being a fuel for your motivation. How do you keep your goals In line with what you're doing today? What are some of your techniques for doing that?
0: I think my goals are kind of a combination of what I believe in, in money and career and just giving back to the community. So I think that's what aligns with the way I live. It's important when you set your goals like that to be sure that it does align with the way you want to live on this planet, because if not, you start to lose that motivation
2: right some of the things that we speak about often on the podcast and individually between Chris and myself is when you are doing tasks that are not in line with your purpose you're going to be susceptible to burnout yeah. you might not enjoy what you're doing day to day how how is that for you do you ever feel burnt out and if not like what kind of tasks really give you that energy back
0: I always make sure to add in self-care and whether I read a meditation book or I do yoga or I get something done for myself because sometimes you do feel trapped in the nine to five and you're like, oh, I I feel like I'm not going anywhere. or This is taking too long it's always important to reward yourself throughout the journey. It's not always about the destination. It's about the journey and enjoying that process as well.
1: So it's funny, Ron and myself, we were on a podcast called self care for extremely busy women. And we talked about how we take care of ourselves and uh, hopefully share some uh, knowledge with the people that listen to that show with you. It sounds like you take care of yourself, you're independent, you're doing all these great things, but then you're also helping other people, especially through your nonprofit. Could you tell us a little bit more about your nonprofit, where you're hoping to take it? What was the impetus for that and uh, how is it operating today?
0: Yeah, so my nonprofit is called Haitian Common Space. The intent of it is to be a tech center as well as a co-working space in Haiti. There's a major problem where a lot of people are unemployed and they don't have access to the internet or own computers. So a lot of things and a lot of processes are done manually or on paper. So I wanted to bring this over there so that way people who may not be in technology but they might be in finance or manufacturing or all these other jobs they can have access to computers and internet to be able to grow their businesses and be able to generate more revenue in Haiti. And then the other part is for the 15 to 19-year-olds and be able to teach them cybersecurity, computer networking, and web programming and be able to apply those skills in the real world, gain jobs. We also want to have a connection for them to be able to have work remotely That way they can support themselves and just create more revenue in that country. So the way it all kind of started was very interesting. It actually started from the CNBC video because they had asked me a question of why do you want to retire by 55? And I told them the reason was because I wanted to eventually give back. But then I kind of thought about it and I'm like, why am I going to wait until I'm 55 when the problems are happening right now? So I decided that I would talk with a few friends who live in Haiti. And I'm like, hey, you know, I kind of want to jumpstart this thing now. And they're like, yeah, we'll support you in any way we can. So now we have about 10 volunteers who have been just amazing and helping me out with launching this center. Now we have the community center free of charge with internet. Hopefully I'll head down there in May to be able to launch it. But I've just been really fortunate that I started this idea maybe about a year and a half ago, and it's just gone so fast. And I've been pretty shocked because some nonprofits, they do take quite a few years to get off the ground. But I have been very lucky with funding and resources to be able to really launch this.
2: Practicing the power of now. I'm sure (laughs) meditation helps you kind of realize that there's no better time to do something than right now the world is literally changing in front of our eyes especially with digital transformation and working from home SaaS companies growing like plants what are some of the things that you're looking forward to now that the world has shifted so much there is so much opportunities for many people across the world what are you what are you looking forward to next
0: I'm so excited that more and more we're going remotely that just gives opportunity to so many people and I'm not just talking about internationally even here in the United States now you can recruit talent from all over the United States and it just opens up more opportunities to people who live in rural towns and you know they couldn't work for certain companies and now with just a computer and internet access they can have that fresh career and be able to take that path.
1: Gabby, there's someone listening right now that is so tired of hearing the same old story of millennials being entitled, millennials are lazy, and they have all this motivation inside them. What piece of advice would you have for that person as they step out into the world and start to make change and make an impact?
0: I think it's really important to prove them wrong. I think they're the greatest motivators, you know, the naysayers, the biggest motivators for myself. I've been told that I can't do certain things or why am I doing these things? When people question me, that just gives me more ability and and more faith in myself and realize, you know what? I can do it. I'll prove them wrong. So far, it's just been so rewarding to me to just go against the grain and and go against that narrative. There's always people out there that will support you and will believe in you. And I think my other tip is to get out there and network with professionals and people who have the same mindset you do. It's amazing the people that I surround myself with, they keep me motivated too. They're doing the same types of things, growing their net worth and building their connections and building businesses, that's all inspiration to me. So it's important to build that network and and be able to connect with those people because they will motivate you too.
1: What a powerful answer. I wish we could count the number of naysayers that you've shut up in the past but thank you for hopping on the mics and giving us a masterclass and being impactful, betting on yourself, but then also giving back to others for the folks out there that want to stay up to date with you and all the incredible work that you're doing. What are the best ways that people can do that?
0: I'm on Instagram at fab underscore millennial. You can also find me on my website, Gabriellariza.com. And if you're interested in the nonprofit I'm doing, you can go to HaitianCommonSpace.org.
2: Awesome. I would highly recommend everyone to check out those resources. If you didn't write them down, don't worry. They will be in the show notes. Gabby, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see everyone next time.
0: Thank you so much, guys.
1: If you found value in this content, it would mean the world to us. If you shared it on social media, sent it to a friend, or talked about it over coffee, thank you.